Glory to God. I'll continue from where I left off. Philippians chapter 2, verse 19. Philippians chapter 2, from verse 19. But I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy shortly unto you, that I also may be of good comfort when I know your state. For I have no man like-minded who will naturally care for your state. Verse 21. For all seek their own, not the things which are Jesus Christ. How true, how pathetic it is. Most of the time when you meet people, young people, whether in the house of God or not in the house of God, everybody's so consumed by what they want to make out of life, so consumed by it, so consumed by the things they want to see in their lives. And sometimes you wonder where the consideration of God is in their lives. When Paul was talking about Timothy, he says, for all seek their own, not the things which are Jesus Christ's. I seek the things that are Jesus Christ's. I've shared the story many times. I will not stop sharing it. Because it's so significant a story in my life that I cannot forget it. When at a certain point in my life, all I cared about was the standards that men had given us about life. Many years ago, I said something, and it has proven to be true, by the NFTs. I said, money is only money in the confinement of agreement. If the five of us agree that from today, this is legal tender, that's it. So then, does money truly exist? No. Our man of God said, money exists in the mind of the poor. What we are actually trading is not the money you're seeing. What we are trading is value. Value. He shows you, says, this is so valuable, this is so good, get it at this price. You also went to work. Everything you learned in school, your degree, you traded that value. At the end of the month, you got a salary. You now use the salary to get something else. So it's just value being exchanged from place to place. Have you ever seen the, in the Bible that the, um, the scripture said money failed in the book of Genesis? Maybe we should look at it. Genesis. Genesis chapter 47, verse number 13. So we can get it in context. It says, and there was no bread in all the land. Now this time there was famine. He says, for there was no bread in all the land, for the famine was very sore, so that the land of Egypt and all the land of Canaan fainted by reason of the famine. It's 14. And Joseph gathered up all the money that was found in the land of Egypt and in the land of Canaan for the corn which they bought. And Joseph brought the money into Pharaoh's house. Verse 15. And when money failed in the land of Egypt and in the land of Canaan, all the Egyptians came unto Joseph and said, Give us bread, or why should we die in thy presence? For the money faileth. For the money faileth. Ladies and gentlemen, in your life, one of the key things that God wants to do for you is for you to understand the things that are valuable. Because remember I said, everything is straight of value. For example, for example, 
for example. Who told you to feel secure when you have some amount of money in your account? It's because when you were growing up, you were probably being told some things. As a guy, you should have five figures in your account. Why is what they are telling you not absolute? Because to some other some person, having 30,000 in my account means I have made it. To some other person, having 30,000 is I'm broke. So what they said is not absolute. What they are communicating to you is what they deem or what they think is value. You grow up with those values, then your thoughts, emotions, everything is wired, trained to respond to such things. Like for example, for example, you were doing so well or feeling so okay using your technophone. Then probably you get to the university and all your female friends are having iPhone. You were making calls with your technophone and you were happy. You never thought there was a problem. Then you get into a, a, a group of people and they make you think, oh, you don't have iPhone. It's like you've not started life. All of a sudden, you know what they've done to you? They just sold something to you. They just introduced something to you that now becomes a part of your life. Wherever you go, when you see an iPhone, mm, something valuable. It was not so before to you. You were making phone calls. Okay, let me add another one. There was a time when we were celebrating our birthdays. We were fine with being in the house, our mother will sing for us, our father will sing for us. I have a picture like that with my long ears standing behind a cake and rice, a bowl of rice. And Fanta and Coke has been well arranged <laughs> there. And you are, you are fine. In fact, there was, a, there, was a, there was a time, there was a day, you know, in, in my family, those kind of birthdays and things, they can forget it and don't... You, and, you should, don't be, don't be salty. Like they can't forget your birthday. So one day I just remember that we came back from church and my dad, ah, today's your birthday. I just, ah, okay, 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 let's go and buy chicken. We, we, uh, we ate the chicken, we had done like, we celebrated the birthday. And I'm fine. But then you start growing up. You start seeing people celebrating their birthday in Dubai. Then you, you, you just say, someone, I'm going my birthday mood or whatever. Then in the, they take videos of they in the plane. And they've gone to the place. They take videos again. They take videos of wherever they are. Birthday. Then you'll now be thinking, oh, my birthday, nobody does this for me. You were fine before. Before you saw those kind of things, you were okay. You were okay with everything that was going on with your life. Those times, birthday, people just call and sing for you. And, and that's, that's okay, that's okay, that's fine. So much of that, people now have to pay their friends to get a saxophonist. Get a saxophonist. Let him come and play in front of my door. I will act surprised. So that, so that the people in my house will know that like, I'm also somebody. So in the morning, you paid, you paid, you know, you know you paid. <laughs> then in the morning, pom, 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 pom. Oh! <laughs> people really think about me, people really care about me, but you know that you paid. <laughs> Who told you? 
Do you know when, when Adam, Adam ate the fruit with Eve? And they went naked and told God, God, I'm naked. Do you know the question God asked? He said, who told you? Who told you that you need to go to Dubai to celebrate your birthday? Who told you that that's what means that you are something? Who told you? Who told you that at 30, if you are not mind as a lady, you are failed? Who told you that? Did God tell you that? Prior to this, all Adam knew was what God was telling him. God knew that this guy is, is not saying he's naked because he's naked. He's, because he's been naked all this while. He's saying he's naked because new information. Somebody else has been talking to him. So, man and every young person has become a victim of what the world is telling them. Matthew chapter 6. I'll start from verse 30. Okay, maybe let's start from 28. Mm, 25. Okay. I think 25 will be good. So, so you pay attention, right? He said, therefore I say unto you, take no thought. Mm. Take no thought. Take no thought. What's he saying? What's he saying? It means the thoughts that come to you because sometimes random thoughts can come to you. He said the thoughts that come to you, God is telling you that you have what it takes to select. So a thought comes to you, I did not do my birthday in Dubai. A thought comes to you, I did not have birthday dinner. Nobody loves me. All those thoughts are coming to you. All my mates, some have started building. All those thoughts coming to you. Jesus, through this message, is telling you the thoughts you should take. What is it telling you? Consider or choose or say this is what is correct. This is what. Is, so he's telling you, helping you to have value system. A system by which you, you take what is valuable. Because the world has trained us to think some things are valuable and those things are nothing. Those things are nothing. He said, therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life. Do not worry about your life. He said, what you shall eat, what you shall drink, not, not yet for your body, what you shall put on, is not your life more than meat and body than raiment. What is going on here? Estimations. Estimations. God is telling you, hey, this is what is important. It's just like when you were, when you were growing up, right? When you're growing up, your mom was telling you, hey, do this, don't do that, do this. Don't. So when you're growing up, they, they started giving you estimations. 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 And they did it without even realizing that what they were doing was actually ways and, and, and balances. They were telling you what to take serious in life and what to take trivial in life. Estimations. Values. Values. Who told you? Who told you you are failing? Who told you you are failing? Who told you because you don't have money in your account, you are failing? I was talking to a dear sister this week. She said, sir, I cannot marry a guy that I have a, like a certain bank balance done. Like, who told you? Second, said, for example, if I have 40,000, if he has $40,000, and I have one million dollars. Say, say that's too white. I cannot marry a guy like that. Who told you? When God comes to us all of us here, will He start looking for the one with the high bank balance? 
God does not measure our weight by what is in our account. God will first of all look at how much your heart account is, not your bank account. He looks at your value on the inside. Who are you? Eliab, a TikTok guy in the house of Jesse. Samuel goes to Eliab. He thinks that this is the guy to be anointed. He takes a vial of oil and God says, not so, not so. He said, for I have rejected him. God was not looking for stature. He's not looking for who was tall. We're not look like, look, looking for who was, who was looking like a king. Because many people look like things they are not. God doesn't look like man looks. Don't be depressed over things that men have told us are valuable. Don't be depressed over them. Don't let Snapchat drown you in depression. I'm telling you. Two places that you can easily be depressed. Instagram and Snapchat. <laughs> Am I right? Easily. Because by the time you see so someone, someone's girlfriend is driving Ferrari. Not him. The girlfriend is Ferrari. God went, God went. God went, God went. God went, God went. No. Those things are not valuable to me. Years ago, as I was worrying myself about, you know, there's, a, there's always this face in a man's life. And you know these estimations I'm talking about? They are partitioned in age groups. A guy who does not have money from age 18 to age 20, he's not so concerned like that. From 18 to 20, he's not really concerned that he doesn't have money. When someone within that age group is loyal to something, he just knows that he has not been tested. From 25 to 30, I can speak from the guy's perspective. Charlie, we for make moves. Right? We for make moves. Charlie, if I don't make move around that age group who were in church, who were so passionate, because I came to church as a teenager, who were so passionate about the kingdom, winning souls. You understand? We were so passionate about it. At that time, the passion for God came down. Why? We must make moves. So some of them went out to go and do different things. They quickly, in fact, they stopped following God. So I also started my own. The pressure. One day, I remember exactly where this was. I was sitting on my bed and God spoke to me. That scripture, I'll never forget it. From that day, that scripture has been with me. Love not the world. Oh, love not the world. Nor the things in the world. I'll never forget it. Love not the world. Love not the world, nor the things in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Don't let the pressures of this world drown your passion for God. Stay with God. Let me tell you, these are the cogitations that I had in my heart. So deep, so profound, that I told God, I said, God, even if you refuse to bless me, I'll stay with you. I'll stay with you. So I follow God for nothing. I love God for nothing. For nothing in return. For nothing. I remember that one time like that, I was preaching and I was prophesying in Best Western. I was prophesying, prophesying. Then one lady who knelt down, was receiving. And the Lord said to me, so you see that lady kneeling down there? She's receiving this thing to consume it on her last. So after that service, the lady came to see me. Pastor, thank you so much. Thank you so much. The prophecies you were giving today were for me. I said, I asked her, I said what were you expecting from God? She said, oh, pastor, there's this money. I will. And I said, what will you use it for? 
Pastor, if I get this money, first of all, I'm going to get a new apartment. Uh, I knew that. Offside. Offside. Love not the world, not the things in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. It's not in him. Look at what Paul told Timothy. He said, for us in their own, God, does, God doesn't have many people who, whose hearts are burning like this for him. God doesn't have many like that. He said, I found David my servant. And with my holy oil, I've anointed him. He said, he will do all my will. He will do all my will. God doesn't have many people like that. Because people are so, they are so, they are so consumed by what they want to make happen for themselves. Do you know that scripture? Before I started that series of teaching here, for all seek their own, other things like Jesus Christ. That scripture, the first day I was, I was sharing with a friend, as I read the scripture, I broke down and began to cry. Because in my life, this is all I know. The things that are Jesus Christ. Focus on him. Focus on him. Focus on him. If you have not had money before, you think money is everything. When you now have it, you realize that it was not everything. That there's a deep longing in your soul that money cannot fix. There's something that money cannot fix. Follow Jesus. Follow his plan for your life. We are not the first to be on this earth. Let's look at Ecclesiastes chapter 1. Hmm. Maybe I should start from 1 verse 1. The words of the preacher, the son of David, king in Jerusalem. Vanity of vanities, saith the preacher. Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. Verse 3. What profit had a man of all his labor which he taketh under the sun? Verse 4. One generation passeth away. Look at it. And another generation cometh, but the earth abideth forever. <laughs> One day I made a, I, I, thought I mentioned something like that over here. I said, you see where we are standing? What is man looking for? What is man looking for? Think about it. Think about it. You work. You work. You work and work. You're taking salary. You work. You work. You work. You work. You get to an age. You retire. You look back. All I did in my life was to work. Nothing I did in my life that can pass on into eternity. That's why we are preaching. That's why we are doing the things we are doing. Because we, are, we want something that can pass. We want, we want something that can pass. What we are, the, the, the natural things of life that I went to school will not pass there. But then if I go to school so that I can be more effective for God, it will pass there. We are looking for what can pass there. What can pass this earthly transient world and go on, go past there. Somewhere around this place, somewhere around this place, the pro somebody probably owned a hat. You know, hat, H U T. Owned a hat, and that was the mansion of the day. Jesus said, Take no thought. That means don't, don't make those things too important. Those are the things you make important. So, the things that Jesus was concerned about in his earthly walk. Those are things that we can emulate. Those are things that we can copy. See how Jesus thinks. You know, when every man comes to God, there are two things God can do. And most of the time, people know so much about the first one that they don't realize that there's a second one, which is more 
a thing that God will do. God always has a short-term plan and a long-term plan. Anytime God does a short-term thing for you, it is to get your attention for the long one. Let me explain. I'll use Peter as an example. Jesus meets Peter. He enters his boat, preaches in the boat. Peter is not expecting a miracle. Then Jesus tells him, all right, I'm going to give you a catch of his life. I'm going to give you a catch of your life. Throw the sir. Say, ah, master, we have told all night. said, nevertheless, I thy word. All right. Then he throws it. He gets the catch of his life. I mean, imagine if Jesus had just met, had just left Peter to say, okay, go and enjoy yourself. Go and enjoy your life. Peter will carry the fish. Remember Peter as a wife? Because the Bible talks about Peter's mother-in-law. You cannot have mother-in-law if you don't have a wife. So, so Peter's wife probably as a kid. Probably his mother-in-law probably was in the house. Ha! Ah, we are rich. We are rich. I just made the catch of my life. We are rich. So the short-term plan God had for Peter is have the catch of your life. But Jesus did not go. He presented him a long-term plan. Follow me. I'll make you fishes of men. Long-term plan. Peter could have said, Master, I want to be a fisherman. He could have rejected it. Remember, there was a man who rejected Jesus Christ's call. The rich young ruler. Jesus said, go and sell everything and follow me. The Bible says he was offended. He had sorrow because of that. He did not follow Jesus. He passed. But Jesus presented both the short term. The short term was that miracle. The short term was, you got the job you were looking for. But what? He was just trying to get your attention. Short term, you started that business. The business is doing well. God is trying to get your attention for a long term something. He says, no, it's not just about what I, 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 I just did for you. I want you to follow me. I want you to follow me. I want you to follow me. What about Moses. Moses sees a burning bush, short-term plan. He sees something he has never seen before. God, are you about to make me a magician, God? He sees the fire burning the bush, but the bush is not burnt. Short-term. But God says, I'm sending you. And he did not take a piece of that fire away. All, all he went with was what God told him. God made Moses. He turned him from a shepherd into a preacher. What was he going to do? Just go and tell Pharaoh, let my people go. Let my people go. That was all he was going to say. Let my people go. Moses, that's going to be his life. Let my people go. That's all he's going to say. Oh, let my people go. He's going to be a preacher. He's going to Pharaoh. He's going to, let my people go. That's all he's going to say. But God thought that that was more valuable. That was more valuable than making him the next Pharaoh. Hebrews 11. Verse 24. By faith, Moses, when he had come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Someone said, 
Why are, why, are no, why are no Christians in Forbes list? I will be the first Christian in Forbes list. Is that what God is looking for? Is that what God is looking for? Jesus said, a man's life does not consist in the abundance of things that I possess. Yes, God can put a Christian there, but that's not what will measure who is valuable in the eyes of God or who is doing what God wants. Is that what God is looking for? We have clouded our minds with things that society is telling us about life when God has also spoken about life. Can we walk in this world with the estimations of God? He said, by faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He refused to be called a, 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 a wealthy person or a worthy person in the world. He refused to be identified like that. Next verse. Choosing. Choosing estimations. Choosing. He had to choose. He had to choose which one means something more to me. Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Next verse. Esteeming, estimations again. Esteeming the reproach of Christ. Greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. For he had respect, value. He had respect unto the recompense of the reward. What's the recompense of the reward? The reward that God will give him. He had respect to the one God will give him. No respect to the applause of men. He respected God's... God. One day I remember I was, in a, I, was in a, I was in an Uber. I was passing this day. I was sitting in an Uber. As I was going, the Lord said to me, He said, I'm pleased with the work you are doing. I had respect for that. I, I was happy that God likes what I'm doing. If God likes it, that's the most important thing. He said, esteeming the reproach of Christ... Cause a reproach of Christ because following Christ sometimes in the eyes of men looks like a reproach. Some of you here are young people and you know what I'm talking about. When among your friends, like you, you are a reproach. Oh, they'll say, Oh, you, you were beautiful before when you were not following the Lord. Why? Because you wear the nonsense they want you to wear. And you will follow them to the nonsense places that they want to go. So you were not. Ever since you became born again, Pastor Enoch is calling 21 days fasting. You have lost weight. And I'm about to call another three days. So, because <laughs> I know I'm taking you for, for 12 hour prayer at camp. When you came by another 12 hour prayer, like, what, what is it? Now look at your cheeks. It's entering. You are getting Rollins chains. You, you, you don't look as beautiful as, as before. You're a guy, fresh guy. You used to go to the gym all the time. So, I mean, you're built. But due to the 21 days fasting, I want to know who can really fast and gym. You do 21 days fasting, like all oh, the body has now is down doing some skills. It's not even looking like the way you want it to look. Like you are failing. No. Stay with God. Stay with God. Esteeming the reproach of Christ. Greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. For he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. Malo Shake Baba. He had respect unto the recompense of the reward. He had respect unto the recompense of the reward. He had respect unto the recompense of the reward. He had respect unto the recompense of the reward. The reward that God will give him.
Next verse. For by faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. That reminds me of the song I, we sang at camp. You're still my first love. You're still my only one. You're still my first. Sit up. You're still my. <laughs> You're still my first love. You're still mine. I want to stay with God and what He wants for the rest of my life. Yes. I don't have to be a pastor to do that. I didn't think I'll be a pastor. I was just I was just I was just in love with God. Praying. Concerned about the things that God is concerned about. Because Jesus taught me that. Jesus taught me to be concerned for the city. Bible says he wept over the city. He wept over Jerusalem. But there were other people. Why were they not seeing what he was seeing? Somebody was probably cooking Jerusalem gobe somewhere, you know. Somebody was cooking, you know. They, they, they were in the city. They were, they were just in the city. But there was somebody who was not just in the city. He was seeing the city and he was concerned for the city. So I talked about the first one. Concerned for the city. The second one is concerned for the unsaved. Are you concerned for the unsaved? Are you concerned for the unsaved? Jesus said, for what shall it profit a man? For what shall it profit a man? For what shall it profit a man? To gain the world, lose his soul. Yea, what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? man give blessing for his soul. When I remember my salvation, when I remember my salvation, the day I got born again, I went to all my friends. I had to preach because what happened to me, I couldn't believe it. I went to all my friends. Of course, not everybody listened. Not everybody listened, but I felt like I have to tell everybody because I remember I remember I'd never experienced anything like that before. I'd never experienced anything like that before. Oh, I'd never experienced anything like that before. For two hours, the man was preaching to me. I was sitting down. I, 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 did, not, I did not really answer. But in my mind, I just said, Lord, okay, I'm going to be saved. I, I don't even know who, what moved me to pray. 
Because I'm not born, I'm not born again. I just I, I, God, if you want me to be born again, let this man, you know. I just God heard and he answered the prayer. I was so touched. I was like, so God is hearing and God is listening and God loves me and he's thinking of me. Every time I've been hearing my father praying tongues with his friends, praying tongues, but I've never spoken in tongues before. Ah, so I said, uh, when the man said, Do you will you want to speak in tongues? I look at myself, I'm too bad to speak in tongues. But before I could say Jack, I was speaking in tongues. I was on the floor. I was on the floor. I was on the floor. I cried. I cried. I cried. I don't know what was happening to me. I was crying. When I was going back home that day, I was thinking about every other thing I'm going to stop doing because I'm now born again. I was happy. For the first time, I experienced the presence of God. It's like, I experienced God. I experienced the presence of God. See, my experience was so strong that that night, I finished reading the whole book of Genesis. My experience was so strong. That night I got born again, I read the whole book of Genesis. I took the book. I was reading. I was reading. My head was in this thing. I, I couldn't believe it. Something had happened to me. God had come to live inside me. The God that my father prayed to. The God that my mother talked about. This time around, it was no longer a story. God, that same God was now living inside me. I went to my friends. I went to my friends. I told them my experience. I didn't know anything in the Bible. So all I could tell was my experience. I told them what happened to me. I told them, I said, I'm born again now. I'm born again. Of course, some laughed at me. Some received. I went back. I had two to three months in SS to complete. I went back there. I told everybody. I told everybody my story. I told everybody. I went from place to place. I was preaching. I didn't know much. I remember I went from dormitory to dormitory. We started uh, a morning devotion from dormitory to dormitory. All I was, I was telling them, I was sharing my salvation story. And I've been sharing it from that day till today. Consent for the unsaved. What does the unsaved mean to God? What does not save? Paul said, knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we know a day is coming. We know that a day is coming, that the church will be raptured. We know a day is coming, that Jesus will be coming back, that any man who did not receive Jesus will go to hell. Hell is not a myth. Heaven is not a myth. These are real places. Every time I like to keep you with scripture, but ladies and gentlemen, aside that, 10th August 2008, as I prayed beside my bed and I slept off, I came out of my body. It was not a dream. I saw my body. And in my mind, this is what I said. Is this how death is? As I was looking at my own body. How did I come back into my body? That's another day story. Hell is not a myth. Heaven is not a myth. These places are real. If you have a brother who is not saved, if you have a sister who's not saved, that should be your concern. Concern for the unsaved in your area. When we say somebody to become a solid, hey, me, I cannot be a solid. Hey, me, I cannot be a Bible study class. Hey, me, I cannot. Wow. 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 Do you know what it means for God to commit to you the opportunity to become, to become a worker together with him? Now, you are no longer just a vineyard. You are not a worker in the vineyard. He said, what shall a man Give next thing for his soul. A soul is so precious to God. A soul is so precious to God. A soul is so precious to God. These are the, the, the estimations. 
If you put money down and you put a soul, God will not take money. What is he doing with it? He will go for a soul. Yea, what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? There's not amount of money a man can give in exchange for his soul. Consent for the unsaved. Consent for the unsaved. Consent for the unsaved. died for the unsaved. The Bible says that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. It said Christ died for the ungodly. Christ died for the ungodly. Christ died for the ungodly. These kind of, these true messages, this truth of the word of God is not outdated. It's still true. So true. Christ died for the ungodly. Christ died for the ungodly. I have some cousins I grew up with who are still not saved. I still pray for them. Every time I pray, I say, Lord. Because I remember we were kids. We were, all, we were all kids. We were all growing up as kids. I know them. I knew them. I don't want to see them in hell. I like what a man of God said. He said, you know why angels rejoice? When one sinner comes back to God, you know why? Because they are the ones who see when other people go to hell. And they know what it looks like. What shall a man give in exchange for his soul? We are not wasting our time. You know, the beautiful thing about the name of Jesus and what we are involved in. There's somebody in India right now saying Jesus changed his life. I've never met him. We never discussed it, but we're all saying the same thing. Jesus changed my life. You are sitting here. Jesus changed your life. Jesus, we all knew. We all knew what we, we, we were like. We knew what we were like. We knew the things we were struggling with. We know ourselves. We know what we are today. And we know that it could never have been anything but the name of Jesus Christ. We knew who we were. We knew who we were before we heard the message of salvation. And we know who we are today. We know that it took the power of God for us to be here today. Some of us were running away from church. Some of us were running away from church services. When my mother said it's time for us to go to church, I didn't want to go to church. I would say my, my stomach is paining me. I didn't want to go to church. But look at me today. I'm talking about Jesus so passionately. I've been doing it for many years. Look at me today. Jesus changed my life. We all say the same thing all over the world. Jesus changed our lives and we are looking forward to his coming again. Looking forward to his coming again. My goal is not to go to heaven. My goal is to go to Jesus. Because if Jesus is not in heaven, I don't want to be there. Jesus. He saves the unsaved. The one who has never known God. The one whose spirit has not been created, recreated after the likeness of God. I'll tell you what Paul said in the book of Ephesians.
Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11. Wherefore, remember. <laughs> I'm calling many of you to remember today. He said, Wherefore, remember that ye been in the past, that ye been in time past Gentiles in the flesh. Look at us. <laughs> In temper, Gentiles in the flesh who are called on circumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands. Verse 12, who are we? He said that at that time, you were without Christ. We were without Christ. He said being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. I mean, we're not even part. We're aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. He said, and strangers from the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. Look at us today. We can call on the name of Jesus. It's one of my biggest flex today. That I'm a child of God. That I'm a child of God today. Concern for the unsaved. When you sit in an Uber, you sit in a car, seek to preach the gospel. Because that is what matters to God. He said for all seek their own. One of the things that matter to Jesus Christ. What are the things that matter to Jesus Christ? The unsaved. The unsaved. The unsaved mean a lot to Jesus Christ. The unsaved. The unsaved. This is not a church that we just enjoy ourselves and come together. You know, some people like things like that. I know a lady who stopped coming when we, have, uh, when we moved from holiday into Best Western. She stopped coming to church. I asked her, why have you stopped coming? She said, I want a small church that the pastor can have time for me. Because at that time we were growing. She was happy when we were holidaying, we were small. She can always see me. We, I see you, I see you. I didn't even have a place to walk around like this. Like, while I'm standing preaching, I sit in front of me. If I move one leg, I step on you. <laughs> she liked it over there. I went to Best Western, we're increasing in number. She did, rather, she should have been excited that more souls are coming to Jesus. No, I want a place that I, the pastor can have time for me. This is why we preach the gospel. Are you listening to me? This is why we preach the gospel. This is why we have crusades. Do you know, some people don't understand. Some people don't know jack about the things of God. You know, I mean, sometimes it's some way when we're explaining it. Do you know how much it costs to have a crusade? When we say we are going to have a crusade, do you know what it costs to have a crusade? Costs a lot to have a crusade. Costs a lot to have a crusade. A whole lot of money. So I wonder, why are we going to waste all that kind of money? Because there's no amount of money that a man can give in exchange for his soul. So it's worth it. Even if I had that crusade, a big crusade, the thousands of people, and only one person gave his life to Christ, it was worth the whole drama. Preach the gospel. Talk about Jesus. Talk about Jesus. People want to delete Jesus from the equation. We will not allow them. I'm telling you, you cannot remove God from this nation. We are here. We are here. We are here. We are praying. We are preaching. We are praying. We are preaching. You can insult us. We are praying. We are preaching. Say what you like. We are praying. We are preaching. We are praying. We are preaching. We are praying for the lost. We are preaching to them. We are praying for the lost. We are preaching to them. 
who will preach, I will not stop. You can't stop me. And I'm going to get greater and greater in it. I'm going to get bigger and bigger in it by the power of the Holy Spirit. We're going to do more and more for God. We're going to bring more and more young people to God. I remember so. I remember so well. I remember so well how how we've had crusades. How well. We've had to say that while we were standing there and preaching, people who have been drunk out all their life will come forward, and that will be the last time they were drinking. People who have struggled so much in life will just come forward, give their life to Christ, and that was it. I'm not going to stop, I'm going to keep preaching the gospel. While we we're yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. 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 